It's about there. Quite projected. It's about there. Um, so, on the Tim Marner podcast show today, <laughs> we've got my friend, the mind coach, oh my Luke gosh. Askew. How are we doing? How are you, mate? I'm really well, thank you. What's been going on? A lot, a lot. Now I've been really busy. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bouncing between like work life and then yeah. also home life. So, for people that don't know me, I've got my son's nearly one now. So my over the last year has been that really how do you balance both your work life and then also your home life as well? Yeah. So that's been a season of my life where I've been trying to work out what that yeah. looks like. It's not it's not easy that is it's it? It's not easy. No, it's not so easy. So take me back because we never had this conversation before. Take me back to little Luke, little right? Luke. Um, <laughs> and we're at school, right? High school. High school. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is it that you wanted to be? What is it that you were sort of aspired to be? Um, it's a good question, that really, because I always something that I always knew is that I would do something that was going to impact people. That was just in my heart always, um, and from a very young age, I was always somebody that knew that if I put in the hard work, I could accomplish anything. And that was because of my upbringing, basically. My dad was massively into personal development. Oh, really? Yeah, so he from the age of like 14, he would like put like Tony Robbins books in front of me. Oh, wow. In the car, he would just be listening to audio tapes, so I'd be listening to it subconsciously. Um, and then also, the thing that my dad did, and probably set me up for who I was, is that he used to love country music, and I love country music because they tend to have a great story behind them. So he used to sit me down in our conservatory and he would play a song and go, right, listen to the song and try and work out what the story is, what the meaning behind of it is. And I used to do this at like 13. I used to just lie there and listen wow. to these songs like, like Kenny Rogers, yeah. like Buy Me a Rose and all these things. And then he was That's me, unusual, that, it isn't it? It is unusual, yeah. I love that, though. And he sat I wish I had that. Yeah, and he sat me down and he was like, right, so what do, you, what do you think about this? There's a song that was called Standing Outside the Fire. And it was basically talking about that you have two types of people, people that stand within the fire and with on the outside of the fire. Um, but it's standing outside of the fire. Describe the fire as kind of like the normality, the kind of the chaos. Mm. It's like come out of that and think from a different point of view. So I used to listen to it at 13 and just be lying there and I'd say to my dad, this is what I think it means. And he'd be like, yeah, that's what it means. So I guess that's where I got my skill in a way. Of, yeah, yeah, it's really cool about like, mate. Working out people as well. Yeah. But from a young age, yeah, I had that. I knew I wanted to impact people. Yeah. I had a passion for young people because yeah. I did martial arts. So yeah. I was always coaching young people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a big heart for people and that was it. I knew that it would probably be youth that I would focus on from a young age. But what are you thinking? Because you, you can't, I just want to give impact. Are you thinking you want to become a speaker? Are you thinking, no, 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 you, no, what, no, what are never... you thinking you want to do, a teacher? Um, no, a few people said to me, you could be a teacher, you could be this. Yeah. I remember when I was really you young, but I wanted to be a police officer. <laughs> But you are in a way, though, aren't you, a teacher, in a way? Yeah, 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 an educator, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't like, I wasn't very successful in the school, so I never saw myself going back into the education sector, mm. only to make it different, if I could. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to make an impact. I think what, what was clear was that I wasn't very academic, in the sense of, I did all right in my GCSEs, but I just didn't learn the traditional way. Like, I was more of a doer, 
Um, I was more of a thinker, I was creative. Yeah. Um, so what I was really good at was sport. So I was like, do you know what? I'll home in on what my talent is in a way. Um, and I'll impact through that. So then that probably led me to do my GCSEs. Then I got to college and decided that I'll do a, a diploma in sport and sports coaching. Mm -hmm. Learned that. And then that's when I became a PE teacher. And that was my first job in terms of a career point of view. I did like odd jobs throughout the years growing up. But so take me through that. What were you doing? Where were you working? So I, so I got my first job at 15 as a pot washer. <laughs> and that was a funny story and that was my dad pushing me again really I remember me saying dad I need some money and there was an advertisement in the pub window I was like oh would you just ask and he's like I'm not asking I said if you want something for yourself go and ask and I asked and got the job <clears throat> then I worked at Asda at like 16 um, and did that for a few years and then and then I got offered a job at a company called Premier Sports which was a sports coaching um, company that go into primary schools to deliver um, sports coaching and um, I started there what sort of coaching are you doing so going into schools and doing like all different things so we used to do like gymnastics and team building and we used to do like obviously the football the team games and health and fitness at one point in the career it started to come up about nutrition and it was important for schools and so I took a role on doing that because it started to talk about mental well-being and stuff like that. And I was really interested in that. Mm. So I started to dive into that route as well massively. But yeah, I was 18 when I started there. But at the time, they couldn't offer me any work. Mm. And they were basically saying, we've got no hours. So I remember saying, well, how about I work for you for free for six months? And I just go with a coach and I just learn the trade. And that's what my mum installed in me. She was very much like... You had a really good upbringing. Yeah, yeah. I'm very, really great, I'm very, very lucky. I'm very great really for from the morals that my parents brought yeah. me up on. And my mum was like, <clears throat> you can't go the front way in. Like, you didn't go and get a degree, but she says, those are back way into things. Like, learn the trade. Just She always had this mindset of take life as a learning curve, mm. always. So she always was like, this job might be not the one that you're going to do forever, but you didn't go to uni, so this is your university. Like, learn how to speak to people, learn how to learn about business, learn about this. So I always had an educational point of view about life rather than good it's that. a job. Really good. That, yeah, isn't it's, it? yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah. Tell me about your dad a bit more. What did you What did your dad do? So my dad was a paramedic, right? And um, but he has the same heart as I do for people, and he just wants. He's got the biggest heart. He just wants to help as many people as possible. Um, so in his job he was always taking on a natural role of like the mentor so he'd take the students and yeah. pour out into them he'd always be there for everyone and he's the, he's, the, he's in highly intelligent like he did this exam he had like, the cardiovascular exam or whatever he got 100% and mm. it was like and he got 99 once and he was annoyed right, okay. so it's like he's a perfectionist and massive heart but then my dad fell ill six years ago oh, he, got, really? he got chronic fatigue oh really yeah um, which was a big thing for the family because a lot of people don't think that exists well yeah you should get my dad on and talk about it <laughs> yeah it's it, it's been really hard for the family and it's been really hard for me in a way because I've I lost my dad a little bit 
and he was battling his own like health and stuff yeah. like that and he wasn't the man that he that he was um but he's getting better and he's starting to recover now but i think there's a bit of grace in it because i feel like i feel like he will make a recovery i pray that he makes a recovery and i feel like he will then go into like life coaching or something like that which yeah. i think he's got a massive heart for and he'll do amazingly well so yeah but my dad's an incredible human being incredible human being and so is my mum so talk to me about right you're at, you're at premier you're yeah. doing these this sports coaching yeah then what happens well i was super passionate i was super passionate about it absolutely loved it mate absolutely loved it and i just loved the opportunity to pour into like the next generation and i never was bothered about the sport sport mm. was always the vehicle on how i was going to make a difference in that child's life giving them the confidence the belief it's in a good way in though isn't it it's a fantastic way in because everyone likes the PE teacher yeah and i could be not the traditional teacher and yeah. have a different spin on things absolutely loved it did like a few different schools while i was like learning my trade and then this one school approached premier in blackburn st peter's and they basically wanted a full-time coach so it got decided and there wasn't many people doing this at the time and i remember one of the guys coming up to me and said luke we're gonna offer you this school because of the hard work that you did because you didn't work for six months do you know what i mean it's kind of something like you put in a lot of effort so i'm going to give you a great opportunity so he's like going to the school five days a week this is paid now this is paid right, yeah five times a week just go and be you and influence that school i was like right okay let's go and the school was in quite a deprived area of blackburn um which i loved because the kids are very humble yeah and anything that you give them they just receive so like oh my gosh you really care about me what kind of thing are you teaching them um so it's literally just sport, like i know but like you're not just giving sport you are you you're kind of giving them like, yeah yeah so and that's not the job but that's what i did it yeah, was yeah. for me my perspective on, on it was that i need to make sure that these young people believe in themselves know who they are and they can see the potential and I'll do that through my lesson. So even when a child's walking into the class, they have to walk in a certain way. Not because that's school rules, but that's because you're learning about respect, you're learning about mm. um, what life's really all about. And they say, I'm speaking, you're listening, not because I'm a teacher, because that's what respect's about. And I've had these high like morals. And, and then you get a lot of kids that are trying to catch a tennis ball and keep dropping it. And that's the first time when they start to give up and they don't believe in themselves. And then it's just coaching them through that and going like, well, why do you think you dropped it? I said, well, at the beginning of the lesson, how did I demonstrate to catch it? Oh, you know, your hands are like that. Do you think your hands were like that? Oh no, they were a bit like that. I was like, okay, so how about this time we try and do that and I'll throw the ball. And we did it in catching. I go, see, I told you. I go, all oh, right. I go, do it again and again Very and again. Point. And then just a little like rub on the and like, well done. And then you just walk off, and that that see child, that's not sports, mate. No, it's not. It's it, and it transformed them. And what was incredible about that school was that they hadn't won anything in a long time, sport-wise. And I said, when I get there, I said, right, we're going to get some trophies in this trophy cabinet. And there was this tournament, this tag rugby tournament, that we'd entered every year before I was there, and never progressed because there was this one school that was always like winning. 
So I got my tag rugby team together and I remember the first lesson wasn't outside, it was inside. I said, we're not going out there. It was like Coach Carter. Yeah, yeah. I said, we're not going out there until you understand what a team is and who's our team captain. So everyone points to this lad, Jaden, at the time was like the most athletic person, like tallest. He was, yeah, he was yeah. our best, I would say, our best, most talented person. He's not usually the best leader. And then there's little Tyler, <laughs> little Tyler, who's about this big, who wasn't the, the most talented, but his mouth was, he was always, come on, guy, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, right, who's our captain? Everyone pointed to Jaden. I was like, opposite is Tyler. And then we, then we thought, why? And we learned that. And they said, right, however, he might be our leader on the pitch. Mm. I said, but we're a team. And we win as a team, we lose as a team. And we went out and then we trained for so many weeks. And then we got the, to the days, to the, like, the tournament. And we won every single game. And then in our group was the best team that always wins and we played them and we drew and the team that won the group would progress and that team because they out tried us progressed and we were going to go out and then one of the guys came over and said uh st peter's I said yeah yeah I said then congratulations guys you're through to the knockout I said, why he's like we do a lucky losers <laughs> which is basically every team that came second whoever tried the most mm. goes through and we had that so we went through I got them together I said right we're through I said here we go I said game by game let's do it and we, I'd always get them in a huddle and I'd be like one two three Peter's on three type of thing and I was like come on let's go let's go and the parents were all watching and I wanted to change a culture that's what I wanted to do I wanted to change a belief system that actually anything is possible now, are you thinking that right at that moment? Are you thinking, yeah. and that's that's what you... How old were you at that time? 19. Hey, I just lie. It, it, I've told you this before, it's just like, I don't, nobody thinks like that at 19. Yeah. And they went in... The, big thoughts, aren't they? We won, we won the quarters. We won the semis and we got to the final. And I just said to them how proud I was of them for like what they'd achieved. And we were against literally the best team again and one of the lads just said sir do you think we can win it i said i know we can win it i said but the only way that we can win it is if you guys know you can win it and you support each other mm. and the game was incredible it was like try like just back and forth I swear to god last, the last minute this pictures off get pictures there's a last minute they're on the attack and i'm looking at me watch thinking they're gonna try because they try every time everyone was just doing it every time there's no changeovers and this lad just throws the ball and then I just hear this scream because I kind of was like oh my gosh they're going to win it and I heard this scream and then I just saw our lad Kian running and I'm going so I'm like fuck it I'm like screaming I'm just forgetting I'm at this like yeah, private yeah, school yeah, event yeah. this is like Champions League like final yeah. Yeah. yeah and he runs it and he just puts it down and I'm like I was just like, there's a picture of me that's literally just like this and the other teacher with me. And he put the ball down, the lads and the, the girls as well, because like mixed. Like just screaming and what had happened is this lad has gone to, to it and Kian just ran and took it. Oh my gosh. And we that's just, that is Coach Carl. Yeah, it was Coach Carl. <laughs> and I just remember I ran up the, like, the touchline. I was like, yeah. I just ran to the parents and I was like, like yeah. And all parents were blown away. And I remember that the P coordinator couldn't go. And I ran, <laughs> ran the P coordinator, but put her on speaker to the kids. And I said, 
we've got something to tell you. We won. She went, oh, fuck it. <laughs> no, you forget. I was like, the kids are listening. Ah, congratulations. Um, but she was, she was like, there was no hope of us winning. And they went back to school and they were like, the, you know, brought this trophy home and, and we did it and we did something similar in the football as well. And it, it was an incredible time. What did he, what did he say, what did he say to you that, that what you've done there, mm. what, what, what did it say to you? What was it? I think it, it just gave me the belief that if you believe in other people, if you see greatness within someone else, then yeah. they can sometimes start to see greatness within themselves. Yeah. And then if you create an experience of where they witness that greatness, yeah. then they start to go, oh, I can do this. It's like um, Roger Bannister, isn't it? Mm. He ran the first four minute mile. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was the guy that said, I'm going to do it. And everyone else didn't believe it. He did it. And then everyone else starts running four minute miles because you see possibility. Mm. So I started to get them to see the potential. I think once you see your potential, you see possibility. And and that's just what happened with them. But what did it see in you is more... I never... This is funny because now I, would, now I can see what it is. But at the time I wasn't bothered. It was not about me. It was about what the team had done I never I never even thought about me once and um, now I have a gift of it I know that my gift is I can empower other people yeah and that's my superpower I can empower anyone um, through many different ways and that's what I saw in myself and there's loads of other things that I'd learned so much in that school about just being a human being and seeing potential in others and we did this race for life and young kid Samuel had several several palsy can't say it mm-hmm. um, and he wanted to run this race and he's running it in his uh, in his wheelchair and the TA is like walking and I just got this urge I went he's not doing that I said we're gonna run so <laughs> I ran up and got his wheelchair and I pushed him around the whole field like whole race and at the end I said to the teacher I said make sure Zimmer fr- his frames at the end and we got to the frame, I said, right. I said, Samuel, I said, you're going to do this. I said, you're going to walk over that line yourself. And it's hard on grass. He just pushed himself, pushed him, and then crossed it. And everyone, like all the kids, and came last like but all the kids. And the paper shot it. And the paper were there, and they shot it, and put it in the paper, and stuff like that. It was just another thing that... And then when I had to leave, this is when everything went downhill, probably. This is when everything spiraled out from me. Through that. <clears throat> so basically what happened was... I was working for the agency on a, like a, a, a certain wage that wasn't the best mm-hmm. and the school were kind of paying a lot of money for me and I wasn't getting any of it. Um, and the school said, we really want you. Mm-hmm. We value you a lot. And um, how about we try and get rid of the middleman in a way? Because I got to a point where I, I just wanted to be at that school and the school would turn around to me and said, we can't afford to keep you under Premier so we made an agreement that I was going to leave and they were going to hire me um, but were you under some sort of contract yeah right? so the contract was like it's a non-compete basically and as much as we spoke about it and there was there was, there was fallouts both sides and stuff like that because yeah. Premier valued, valued me as a coach and I kind of turned to Premier and said I really want to do this for me and they were like no Um we'll give you more opportunities. We think you can progress more in this and that. And it just fell apart basically. And the school just said, that's it. I said, we can't continue with the company. 
we want you and if we can't get you through them at a good price or we can't do it that way so we're just going to cut ties what did you say to kids <laughs> it's a hot it, it, it really but it really it was the worst time because I was so passionate it was like I'd found my purpose not within like the school just like what I was doing and yeah. it was hard and what was hard is I went home when the teachers, the head teacher suggested taking me on. Are you with Vicky at the time? No, 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 no. no. I was with, I was with no one at the time. Actually, no. I don't think no. And um, I went back to my parents' house and I was with mum and dad, obviously. And I remember crying to mum and dad. I was like, I found it. I found what I want to do. It's gonna happen. My mum was made up. Money was gonna be better. Term time off, weekends off. I'd have a bit of a social life thought I had it and then it just got swept underneath me and I was, I was just a wreck absolute wreck and I came to terms with it I was like right okay so I wrote a letter how did you come to terms with it? just the way it was wasn't it I was just I, I didn't I found out I didn't come to terms with it I just pushed it so right. far down to, to yeah. kind of go logically started to go well maybe I could learn a bit about marketing in the business maybe I should take a managerial right. role or whatever and I wrote a letter to the kids it was just a heartfelt letter of what I thought that, of them what I think they can do in the future mm. advice for them in life no one had ever done this before and I remember going to the head teacher's office and I said um, Michael his name was I said Michael I said can I, can you print this letter and give it to every single child in the school? Like 450 kids or whatever. He read the letter, he said, better yet, I think you should read it to every single child in the school. <laughs> so what happened was I walked around each class from nursery, because I taught nursery, so three-year-olds all the way to the 10 years, every class I visited, it was my last day, and I read this letter I cried every time I read it because it was just my whole heart and soul really all the classes still got the stuff all the classes like made these like cards and it's like the first time that I realised that I can make a difference in the world and um reading these cards and all the kids are like writing these little notes like Mr. Askew like you saw this in me or it's because of you and I was just blown away with actually how many people had impacted just being me without thinking mm. and um wrote them wrote them all there said the letter well kids are crying teachers are crying I was writing this and it was the hardest thing I ever did it was like splitting up with your wife when you didn't want to and um at at the leader school, and then nothing was the same ever again. Where was read after that? After you'd done that, like, where did you go? What were you thinking of doing? So the plan was that I would get, I, I was still in premier. I would uh, continue in the company. They offered me a position to run all the holiday clubs, and to manage like our forty staff. That's pretty cool, man. It's nineteen, twenty. He said we'd be at that age. Yeah. They just believed in what I could do and yeah. the ability to influence and yeah. people and manage people and be a leader. 
I d- and I did it. It just never felt right. It just never felt right. And I did it. I did it successfully in a way, but I'd lost the spark of wanting to get up on a Monday morning. I was like, work. Mm. Work, like when I was in the school. Oh my gosh, Sunday night I was buzzing. I couldn't wait to get back in. Um, so I did that. And then I, then I decided I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to leave. What were your plans? Just leave? No, I was. I actually can't remember what. What I did. I think. I went and worked. In three. Tell. I think that's when I started to work in three. The telephone. Really? Co- yeah. I just knew I couldn't do it anymore. What were they making? What? Well, not what they making you do, but what were you doing? You still you're doing holiday camps and that I was I was managing them. I was like I was in the office a lot. Right, so you're not dealing with the kids. And not you're with not the kids. making any impact. I'm not making impact. Managing people who don't want to be there. Yeah, yeah. Basically. And like doing the rotors and, and yeah, that's and not doing you, that. And that wasn't that wasn't me. I did it successfully. Yeah. But it wasn't me. But in between that time, that's when I started to dive in a little bit more into my personal development and what I wanted to do. And then I was on YouTube. I came across this guy called Kamal Hyman, who's like one of my best friends now. And he was a youth motivational speaker. Really? He was he was the same age as me when I was watching. He was 20. I was like, if this guy can do it, I can do it. It was aligned with what I thought my purpose was. So I literally emailed him, found his... Um, his address or his uh, email address and was like hi I've been a PE teacher for this long this is what I want to do he ignored me for ages yeah. and now when I, when I speak to him he said he ignored me because he started watching me he said because a lot of people reach out to him and go oh I want to do this and if you're going to mentor someone yeah, yeah. it's like I'm not going to mentor you yeah, unless yeah, your heart's yeah, yeah. in it so I couldn't get through to him so I found a guy in America mm-hmm. that said that he could turn me into a youth motivational speaker for two and a half thousand pounds. I didn't have two and a half grand. So I put it on a 0% credit card, maxed it out, and did this course. Did your mum and dad know? No. Get that to yourself. Get that to myself. That's what you got to do, mate. Yeah, and they knew I was doing the course and stuff. I just don't think they really knew what was going on. And It was for free. Yeah. And... I was doing the course and I just said, right, okay, what's the first step? And the guy said to do a talk and get it filmed. I'd never spoke before. So I decided, do you know what? I'll go back to my old high school. Yeah. I'll go and speak to the students. It's a win-win for the school. Yeah. I was actually doing this. Now I think I was actually doing this while I was on my last bit of premier. Really? Because I was actually in a meeting with the high school about running a holiday camp right. in my old high school and then I started talking about what I really want to do so then I exchanged numbers and stuff like that so I remember that it was in between and I went and did the talk in front of year nine students and I got my mate who does videography to film it my first talk I'd never done anything in my life it was alright were you? <laughs> I was alright n- n- now being an experienced speaker I'm like oh my gosh there's a lot of things I could have done but it was actually all right. And I got it filmed. And then I went on Wix. And I was like, right, let's create a website. So I put it on a website. And then I was like, okay, let's get it in, in front of many schools as possible. And just started putting it out. Then Kamal 
who also invested in the same course when he was younger, I found out, spotted what I was doing. So he reached out to me. And I remember I was with a different partner at the time, one of my exes, and we were, I was meant to be going around to her house. I get an email from him saying, um, I've got 10 minutes, can you Skype? I said, yes. So I made up some excuse that I couldn't get there for an hour or whatever. Got on the Skype call with him. And he was like, right, I just asked him every, every question I had, like, do you, how do you charge? What would you advise? Blah, 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 blah. Can I watch you? And he just gave me this little piece of advice and I just started to run with it and I just started to build my own. What was the piece of advice? Basically just go out and do it really go out yeah go out and do it this was the price range these were some techniques Mm -hmm. that he found he said it's massively word of mouth which is mainly true Mm -hmm. but along that journey i'd found another guy who's a youth speaker incredible i'd say the best in the country who's now like one of my brothers so i remember it's a funny story actually he didn't know the guy who's now one of my really good friends, actually was the mentor of Kamal. And Kamal was mentoring me. But his mentor found me because on Twitter I'd found him and I was just liking all this stuff. And it was obviously just pinging through notifications. I was just pestering him really. And then I was sat in the toilet. I sat in the toilet and get this phone call. I'm like, this is weird. So I'm like, hello? He's like, hello, this is Action Jackson, which is like his name. I was like, uh, I was like, can you give me one minute? He was like, yeah. And then he basically, out of the blue, rang me. Action Jackson. Action Jackson. What did he used to be? No, he, he's, he's, al- he's always he's been pre- a... Always been always, a, it? always been a, right, a okay. youth speaker like from a young age. Man thinking about a wrestler or something. No, no, no. And um, he rang me and then he, he just said, I see what you're doing. And I just told him my passion for life and stuff like that. And he just gave me advice on Twitter. He was like, write a blog. He said, write a blog about how you went from being a PE teacher to a speaker and why it inspired you. So I wrote this blog. And that blog then got picked up by another school and it was something. But what started was a relationship with him. And then more and more people that were in the same industry. And I just got in a circle, an influential circle. And he owned a big speaking company called Fix Up, and I still work for them. I still freelance for them today. Oh dear! And he taught me how to speak. He just took me in and said, "Right, I'm going to teach you how to be a speaker. I'm not teach you how to be a speaker, but I'm going to look at what you do already and help you." And them group of people, along with other people that have now become my mentors and best friends, just sculpted me into who I was. However, there's a big part of the story that I'm missing because along that journey. I then totally lost myself. Yeah. Because then I started to compare myself to, to them. Or try and fit into them. Try and fit into yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So I'm probably only now getting back to Luke, mm-hmm. if I'm honest, I'd say. Because mm-hmm. from the moment of leaving the school, that was the moment when I stopped being in my flow or I stopped being authentically me without thinking. Yeah just being heartfelt, just in my spirit. And I started thinking all the time, how should I be? How should I dress? Yeah, how should yeah, I do this? Yeah. How, 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 how? Mm-hmm. It's tiring. And I just remember, I just got stressed and I was in three at the time and it started to get busy, the speaking job, and they weren't being flexible. 
so I said I'm leaving I'm going to speak in full time I can't, I can't afford it yeah it was like an act of faith basically yeah and then I had the flat and we just started to lose the flat because I'd lost all my money it just wasn't working whole business failed just started to fall to pieces I started to fall to pieces and then the Ariana Grande concert I had a panic attack I've never had a panic attack since and it was the worst thing ever and I just started hyperventilating and mm. just had a total breakdown auto breakdown and I remember my girlfriend at the time just didn't know what to do because I was the guy who was empowering everyone else I was the motivational speaker I was the guy who had my stuff together really and I just was broken she rang my mum up two o'clock in the morning she said you're gonna have to come over mum literally cradled me to sleep rocked me to sleep because I'd totally lost it and the next morning I got up and had to go to a college to speak did you do it? yeah I was like I, w- I was late because I got my timings wrong yeah. my brother was there filming it it's on YouTube now and I think it says something about failing look at that Luke yeah. and you'll think that and I was like that's not Luke I was a wreck so I got there and they were like, are you all right? I was an hour late. An hour? An hour late, yeah. Because I'd done two sp- talks for them on different sites. And I thought they were the same time. Turns out it wasn't. Uh, but my head wasn't in yeah. the right place. So I go there. I do the speech. Worst speech I've ever done. Because I was just thinking. I wasn't, there's no heart in anything. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all the kids were like. Yeah. The company were made up. Oh, yeah. great, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Worst thing I've ever done. You were thinking, not being. I was thinking, not being. And then ever since then, I didn't speak again for six months, I think. And that's when everything went wrong. That's when I gave up the business. That's so what you're doing, with this time, you're like suffering with real mental health problems yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. I was depressed. But yeah. Yeah, I was, de- I was depressed and I was depressing it and just thinking, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm all right. And my relationship broke down. And the partner that I was with, I knew I wasn't meant to be with her, but and it's hard to say because I feel really bad for what I did and I was literally just kind of keeping her there kind of at the time rather than just letting her go. Yeah. And I just had this massive breakdown. We split up. I'd lost the flat. Mm. And I moved to Manchester because I refused to go home. I wasn't speaking to my parents as well. You weren't communicating what was going on internally? No. No. I think half of it was pride. Definitely with my dad. Yeah. My mum's always suffered massively with mental health. I sure. Yeah, so that was always... That was my saving grace a little bit, so I opened up a lot with her. And they knew I wasn't right. But I said, I'm not coming home. And my mum just wanted me home. She was like, I just don't know why you're not coming home. Like, this is your home. Like, I was like, I just can't come home. I was like... I've got I've got to work this out for myself. I moved to Manchester with my uncle. He's like really one of my best mates. Me and my uncle are really close. He just took me in. And him and me had sat me down. He said, right, come on, what are we doing with you? Like, he knew I wasn't in a good place, but my uncle doesn't talk about feelings. Right, okay. And I was breaking down and he right. didn't know what to do, if he's honest. Right. <laughs> he was like... Man up. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. He just yeah. didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just didn't. Some people don't, do they? They don't get it. And um, he was like, right, he has loads of contacts. He's quite successful. He's like, right, I know a guy. He runs a bar in Manchester. See if he can get a job. Apply for a job in a bar in Manchester. Got the job behind the bar. 
just started pulling pints, running like uh, bar backing and stuff like that while I was getting my head together and trying to get this business, whatever it was, um, back on track. But it was never happening because I was diving more and more into my depression. And then I remember they'd gone away for the weekend and I was alone. And I was alone in a bad place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I, I'd be talking suicidal thoughts. Or a... I think what I'd, what I'd say is I was at the end of my will. Yeah. And I was thinking about it. Yeah. I wasn't at a point where I was like, it would be a better option. Yeah. But I was at a point where I was like, I kind of see why there could be an option in okay. a way. So I feel like if what had happened not happened, which I'll say in a minute, mm-hmm. I would have been well down that, that road. Just crying my eyes out again, four hours straight, a wreck, absolute wreck. And then I went out, I just had the urge to go outside and I went outside, it was pouring down with rain. I sat on like the garden furniture, I'm just crying and crying and crying. I was just like, what am I gonna, what am I gonna do? I just got more upset because I was thinking, you had this Mr. Askew, which was like this influential people saw greatness within you and you're absolutely at rock bottom and you don't know who you are or whatever. Like, how has that happened? Like, why me type thing? And I, I was done. I think when I was done, I was like, I'm done. I'm on self-destruct mode. Before that, I just had an urge to shout out and I literally just put my hands up in the air and was like, right, if there's a God, an Allah, a Buddha, a Jesus, a whatever, if there's something, can you please, the God, help me because I'm done. And then that's when I had my massive spiritual encounter. All right. So I had this voice come to me that came in the form of my own thought, yeah, but with authority. Right. So... You're not actively thinking, but a thought comes up and it's just constant and it won't leave you. And it was a name. It was Haley Melander. I was like, I was like, I know that name. I was like, why do I know it? Turns out she was part of this inner circle that I was part of, but I'd never known her. I think I'd met her briefly once, but it's not something she'd be thinking of in the moment. Yeah. So I was like, and it, I like ignored it, and then I went back in. And then I couldn't get upset again because all I was happening was Hayley Melander, Hayley Melander. So I start like searching on Instagram, realized that Kamal Folder, Jackson Folder, like these people. And she was a motivational speaker. So I reach out to her and I was like, hey, don't I think you were at this event that I was at. I know Jackson, blah, blah, blah. Is there any chance that I could just speak to you about something? I'm in a bad place. And she straight away was like, yeah, 100%. And I was actually, I was that, I was still working at three. I was still working at three. It's hard working out. I was working at three and I was working at the bar. I was working two jobs because right. I didn't have any money. And I remember she rang me on the, on the break. I was upstairs. I had an hour break. She said to the manager, I need an hour. He's like, oh, you can't have it. I was like, I need an hour. He's like, right, okay. And I just had my headphones in. I was, I was like, she was like, are you all right? I was like, I said, no, I'm not all right. She's like, just tell me. She, I was like, I'm in a bad place, a really bad place. She's like, 
in what sense like mental health like I was like yeah I was like I think I'm really suffering with depression or something and she was like can I just ask you a question I was like yeah I was like, why why did you reach out to me I was like well it's gonna sound a bit weird I said but I had this moment a few days ago and you've been on my mind ever, ever since she's like what was the moment I went I kind of surrendered to God, the universe, Allah, Buddha, whatever Jesus, is. whatever it is. She went, oh, okay. She went, yeah, that's Jesus. And I went, hmm? what? And she was like, I was like, what, the guy that died on the cross? She was like, yeah. I said, how do you know that? She went, because two years ago, I tried to commit suicide. That's all right. She went, the same thing happened to me. And Jackson... And another guy called Jay, who's a good friend of mine now, were the guys that knew it was happening and had a feeling that was happening. And I got told to ring them. And they come to, came to my house, and they're both Christians. And they said, you know, God's intervening here. Like, just trust me, pray with us. And, she, she, and then she then got out of her depression. So I had the same encounter, but through her. So I said, well, what the heck am I meant to do now? That's like not a pill or anything like that. This is a bit weird. And she was like, right, I've got to go, but we'll keep in contact. I'm like, right, okay. I was like, this is the weird, I was like, this is the weirdest thing. So I'm going back down selling mobile phones and going like this, I'm on the weirdest moment ever. Anyway, the weirdest thing then happens is my manager, Armando, Portuguese guy, I I had to take three weeks off work because of my depression. I went to the doctors and they diagnosed me and whatever. Yeah. And I asked for CBT. It never came about actually in the end. So he pulls me aside and goes, can I speak to you? And I go, yeah. And he goes, my wife had depression. I said, right. He goes, it's a spiritual thing. And I went, what do you mean? He said, it's a spiritual thing. I was like, what do you mean, Armando? He goes, so, do you know Jesus? And I went, you're having a laugh. I said, you've been listening to my conversation. He goes, what? I goes, this is straight after the conversation. Mate, I swear to God. Swear to God. Swear to God. I'm like, what are you on about? And he's like, so basically, I was in a bad place. I was addicted to drugs in my home country and stuff like that. Had this spiritual encounter with Jesus. My wife was depressed. I told her about Jesus. She's now well. I see you and I feel like I need to tell you that that might be the answer. So I've got these two people talking about this guy. I'm going, this is the weirdest thing ever. So I was like, I'm going to buy a Bible, aren't I? So I bought a Bible, looked in the Bible, looking at Mum, Dad, not into church or anything? No, no. So right, all my family, all my friends, all non-faith, every single person. So I've never experienced, never grew up in church. Old year, 20, 21. 20, 21. Yep. Get this, get this Bible. Dyslexic. I'm going. What is this? I was like, it makes no sense. Like, I'm trying to read these stories. I'm like, this has got nothing to do with my situation. How is it even relevant? So I message Haley. Like the best stories. Yeah, the oh, like the most, the, so the most influential, the most thing. But at the time, I'm like, what is this? I ring Haley. She's like, oh, just just pray about it and and 
they'll come to life. In other words, you'll start to read things and find meaning. I was trying, I was just like, really, I'm really finding this hard. Like, and I was praying a lot. And then I was on the way to my best mate's house and Haley messaged me and she goes, listen to this song. I said, okay. So I listened to this song and it was about, it was called, um, it was by Anthony Brown and it was called Worth. It's pretty much what your dad used to tell you to do when yeah. you were 13. Yeah, it's called Worth. I'm sure it's called Worth, yeah. So I listened to the song in the car and I burst out crying. I get shivers all up my back. Every word that's coming out of this guy's voice. I'm just like, I'm having an encounter. I burst out crying. I just feel this overwhelming sense of love, energy, unexplainable. You like, oh, I can't even describe it. So I turn up at my best mate's house, who's non-faith and still isn't and doesn't really get it at all. I was like, mate, I said, I'm I'm having some weird things. Like, I told him all about this and he was like, you sound a bit doolally, mate. I was like, no, I'm being serious. Like, I'm in a better place. Like, there's something happening. All oh, right, whatever. It's like you're getting healed from the inside. Yeah, it was weird, man. It was really weird. And I got in a, quite a good place. So then I stopped praying and I stopped speaking to this intelligent power I stopped because you thought you were all right. I thought I, I was like, "Cheers, thanks for the yeah, yeah, thanks yeah, for yeah. the dose." Yeah, um, I'm all right now. I'll crack on. I was just a wreck again. I just started to same thoughts. Same thoughts. The mind takes yeah, over. Yeah, then yeah, it's yeah. like you go from being yeah same patterns, same beliefs, yeah. just oozing, and and then we went away as a friendship group to the lakes, and none of my friends knew I was in a bad place mm, work it out because I hadn't been right for a year yeah. he said that we don't know who you are basically yeah. and I had a breakdown in front of my friends full on breakdown and I remember one of my best friends Alicia she was just rocking me to sleep because I was a, just a bubbling mess in her arms it was it's a bad place so then when that happened I thought there's only one thing to do start praying again what? start praying start again. praying again start praying again start saying help me again and and then same thing happened again. I started to get <laughs> interventions. People started coming into my life. I started to watch videos. This one video was uh, how anxiety, when anxiety attacks by a pastor called Stephen Furnick. And I listened to it and he was telling the story in the Bible and he was linking it to anxiety. But he was telling it in such a way, he was talking about mobile phones. He was talking about social media. He was talking about real life. And it just like joined up dots and gave me a new perspective of what this anxiety could could be. And and like another perspective on it from like God's point of view or, you know. And it just healed me in that moment. I swear to God. That moment I was like, I'm fine. You understood it. Understood it. I got to the point, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. where you said yeah, yeah. the songs. Yeah, yeah. Forget it. I understood embedded it. it. And it yeah. and I just took the message, embedded it. Yeah. That's fine. I never did C B T. I never did anything. It was all through that encounter. I just started watching more and more of these like sermons and yeah. it just started renewing my mind. It's a powerful thing, knowledge, isn't it? And for me, that's your biggest gift is knowledge. You know, the stuff that you, you got. It's just like for me to have somebody like you at school 
um, I think I would have probably gone down a different path. Like, mm. if I had somebody like you coming in talking at my school, I would have done a different path because I would have connected with you. I, I yeah. couldn't connect with any of my teachers. Yeah, and I was just I was a misfit. I was a I was just I was reckless. But to have you come in and just kind of go, oh, I've never really looked at my thoughts like that before. I've never really looked at life in that perspective yeah. before. It's a massive thing that. And made. and what's really interesting along that journey, obviously, it's been. A year and a half that happens. So it's not been long. Mm. And I've been battling because I've been... When I had that encounter, it's something within the Christian faith that we call being born again. And what that means is basically you die into your old life and you start your new life. I thought it was that you're a Christian before, then lost your faith and then... No. So born again is basically saying that I feel like the greatest analogy I could give is this, and it's about purpose, and it might help people that are listening and watching, is that if you look at a car, the a purpose for the the car's purpose is to drive someone from A to B. That's the purpose of the car, the function of the car. That's why it was created. But I could put a maniac behind the car, and he could use that car to kill people and just destroy people. In other words, he's using the vehicle that was created for a certain purpose, but he's using it in a wrong way that's destructive. Yeah. So that's how I looked at my life, was that I'm the vehicle. Surely I was created for a certain purpose, but right now, the way that I'm thinking, the way that I'm behaving, the way that I'm just not looking after myself mentally, spiritually, the way that I had a relationship with women, with drink with things like all different things i was like that's not what this was made for i'm using it for the wrong purpose i'm using it for a selfish desire rather than actually what it should be called for so what they say about being born again is basically get to the point where you're like i acknowledge that i'm using my life in the wrong way and i want to be reborn and I want a new car in a way. And I want to be, I kind of want to be the co-pilot of the car. I want to be in the passenger seat and I want to let God, the, this intelligence, this universal kind of power to steer me the way that it knows that I was created to be. It's not a different car, it's the same car, but yeah, driven it, differently. It, yeah, it's, it's the same car but renewed right. it's kind of like taking your back like you know you find this old baggedy car that's yeah, been yeah. through hell yeah and you go let's take it to this mechanic right and he just looks and he goes do you know what that actually was meant to look like that that right. had no remember like pimp my ride type thing yeah yeah like actually let's get that color back let's buff it out let's yeah. actually create it back to the mint condition it should be yeah but this time let me teach you how to drive it yeah and that's what being born again of such is so I changed my life. I started to go right. I don't know how to live my life because I didn't create me. So if whatever created me must know what's best for me in a way. Mm. So how about I just start trusting in that a bit more? In a higher power. In a higher power a bit more that I call God. And obviously Jesus was a massive part of that. I call it the universe. Yeah, a lot of people call it the universe. Yeah. At the end of the day, words words are just what we've created. Mm. 
this intelligence that I call God, people call universe, yeah. is indescribable, yeah. right? It's out of this world. Yeah, yeah. So we can label it kind of whatever we want. Mm -hmm. And whatever it is, I had an encounter with it and it came in the form in the name of Jesus. So that's w what my encounter was. So I now trust my whole life to be guided by that force. So what happened then? Once once you've got this encounter oh, and you've got like the, the car's refreshed and yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. it's got a different purpose now. What, what are you thinking to yourself? Right, what am I going to do with this now? You know what's really interesting is that I now look at my life now and I think, do you know what? I'm actually the person that was had everything within them as the PE teacher. Yeah. yeah. Like literally yeah, like yeah, the same yeah. guy. Yeah. I said just It's I've, weird because like I didn't know the that story. Yeah, you don't know. Right. Yeah. When you talked about that, I was like, What you're on about Luke, you're actually that person now when you was at that school. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is weird. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but I didn't know that in between bit. Yeah. So and it's just like, well, so you're exactly the same person as you was. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. and that comes into like now what I'm really passionate about. Yeah, is that I believe that everyone, I think that everyone has the same purpose, which is really interesting because I believe that everyone is purpose. Yeah, and what I mean by that is that nothing can create itself. Mm. So if I was to design a chair and creator i am now the creator so for me it's like well i believe that this force that i call god created everything mm -hmm. so if it created everything then surely everything that was created must have a common purpose to a certain degree and then when you look into the bible it said the first thing that it says is let's create man in my own image and that's fascinated me for a long time. And then the instruction is, right, only two instructions for the whole world to listen to. Be fruitful and multiply. That was it. Be fruitful, multiply. So when I read these things, I was like, oh, what does that mean? So I thought, right, my thing, my niche is identity. Because if you don't sort your mind out, your mind's going to run you rather than you running your mind. It's a great tool. It's yeah, creative. Yeah, yeah. It's an initiative. All these beautiful things, mm -hmm. but it's not you. So if you if you start living in there, you're going to get very lost very quickly. Yeah. So I started to look into it and go, okay, let me really understand this. Let me really understand this. So then I started to understand it and I started to get these like, like thoughts with authority, the knowledge, this knowledge and... I know that you have this as well and yeah. you get these mm -hmm. um, intuitions in a way. And then I was sat there one day thinking about it and I got a vision of a man painting a picture. See, what's really interesting about God is that he will communicate to you in probably two different ways, in experience or he'll take over your imagination. No, we just have a random thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daydream, yeah. Daydream yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 it's like you're not doing that all the yeah. time. So it's a little painting. And it came to me. I said, imagine that we're in an art gallery and you could walk around this art gallery 
And if you were into your art, you could understand and guess which artist drew which one. Mm -hmm. And you'd be like, that's Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this, that, yeah. that. Because what an artist does is that they express who they are on mm. the inside yeah. and put it on a canvas. Their interpretation of Their the interpretation, yeah. right? So then I read that passage, I was like, make your, he's saying that we're made in his image. In other words, that we're a reflection of him. And if he's made everyone like that, then that is the purpose. So then I was like, so what is God? If we're that mirror image. So I was just flicking through and then it came up in like first John, whatever it was. And it was like, it describes God is love. I was like, that's it. So when we say that we're made in his image, we are an expression of love. Now we've, we talk about love and we say it's this and it's that and it's linked with sex and it's linked with this and all that. But to be fact, it's not. I believe that the universal power of God, that is love mm -hmm. and we can express it in many different ways. And this comes to my point. So I believe that our purpose is to be fruitful and to be fruitful, there's like fruits of the spirit. There's love, joy, peace, gentleness. Um, and one of them is, I think it's discipline. In other words, in other words, that you have to be a stewardship of your life. In other words, know what's bad because you've got that moral compass mm -hmm. and keep away and go, well, if it's not in the image of love, don't do it. Yeah. So you have these fruits of the spirit. So I'm like, okay, so that's the command. Be love, joyful and multiply is basically go and put that in the world as much as you can Contribute. and imprint it onto yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh, I found my purpose. I, my goal, I believe that everyone's purpose in life is that thing mm. is to be an expression of love and to spread it around the world as much as possible, mm -hmm. but through the gifts and the talents and the callings that God gave you as an individual. This is where I feel like we split off into what everyone does differently. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So... I believe that everyone has a gifts and talents. I wrote this on social media the other day. I believe that a lot of the time you can get paid for your talents. So I would say that I'm a talented communicator. I don't think it's my gift, but it's, it's a talent. So I can use communication mm -hmm. to harness my gift. Now I've identified that my gift is empowerment. I can empower people. I can empower people's souls. Like, and I can, I can do that to anyone but I'll do it through multiple talents that God gave me, the art of communication, being creative, being a leader, all these things. But my number one sole purpose in life has to be to use that gift, to use them talents for the calling that's on my life. And the calling that's on my life, and this is where I believe it's slightly different for everyone, is that I believe that everyone has that, but I think you've got to ask to know what that is. I think you can have a gift and you can have a talent mm -hmm. and you can know what your purpose is and you can go and be love and do that and you can do it amazingly well. But imagine if there was just something a little bit deeper, mm -hmm. just another kind of layer to you that was called for a very specific reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's to be a nurse, to be in a certain hospital at a certain time, yeah. over a certain time period to spread that message the calling on my life is to spread this message as much as possible to everyone that's lost. And I know that. 
So for me, my calling in my life is how can I spread this message around the world using my gift of empowerment, my talents of communication and entrepreneurship and leadership for the purpose and the goal that is to spread love and multiply it. And that's literally it. And I know my calling, I know my gift, I know my talent. And now, now I'm like, come on, bring it on. Because I just know my calling in life. It's cool, man. It's cool. Yeah, and to, to work it out at 24. <laughs> is it's yeah it's it's a massive gift it is a massive gift mate and it's it is a massive and, gift and, and, now when you're going into schools and that how open are you that you are into god and you are into what's it because you know i'll set back me as an example i don't know if i was that young and you started doing that and then you put the word god in there mm-hmm. that i'd switch off yeah yeah but are you just open with it when you go into schools yeah or are, you, are you kind of going look cleverly look do I leave that out just and spread your message this has been a real this is what I've been um, really been challenging myself on for the last year to be yeah. honest yeah because I'm like because a lot of people are open minded yeah, yeah and, exactly. if, and if the parents are it, teaching the kids about God and then you bring that in and the, obviously parents are like God yeah God religion yeah, yeah, hate yeah. this yeah. whatever bad experience yeah. or I went to a church because a lot of these girls that you know they're not going to be as open minded yeah, yeah, yeah are they no 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 of course not and so it's like what's really interesting about my calling is to spread this message use my talents so I believe that, and the battle is that, it's like, well, if I use the word God, a lot of people will then go, oh, religion, religion, the cause of all wars, like so on and so on and so on. Even kids that have never experienced it just heard it from a belief yeah, yeah, system. Yeah. Um, however, if I, if I use my gift of communication to try and take the knowledge and put it out into parables like cars and people start to understand they start to go huh that makes sense and then the biggest thing that i have is my story because i can't lie to people i was in a bad place and that happened to me if i leave that bit out i'm lying it's like me tim saying do you know what i have the cure to cancer but i'm gonna put you through chemo i'm not doing it no so for me, it's like I believe that I have the cure for people to stand in purpose, stand in calling and a gift. Is life easy? No. Just because you have God in your life doesn't mean that you don't suffer. doesn't mean that you experience pain, loss, grief. doesn't mean that you don't question things like why did that baby die? Why does this happen? Of course I have all these questions. But whatever that thing was, it saved me. It gave me calling. It gave me meaning. And it gives me perspective on when I'm in them seasons. So I will never, ever, ever, ever go to that place again because I now have a perspective and understanding of how I got there in a way. So in schools, I do mention it, but I mention it from a lot of time. It's like, I'm a man of faith. So this is how I describe it. People aren't bothered about that because they're like, okay, you're a man of faith. Preaching it's different. Um, And I don't, and this is the battle that I believe and obviously I do a lot of work within the community yep. of the church of such and I'm going right listen up and people know it I said we're losing a lot of people yep. we're losing a lot of young people yeah because we're doing this all wrong yeah and it's not right yeah I don't think we've done See, it that's 
I don't think we. I'll, I'll go back to the stories of the Bible. You yeah. know what I mean? The stories. Yeah. yeah. Like, they just the, the best stories, but yeah. the way they delivered the stories yeah. were I was preached at, yes. right? And I got. I'm like, listen, I don't want that, but just tell me the story because the stories are sick. Yeah. Right? yeah and yeah. I get it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And that's where my head's at. When yeah. I go into there, I want to be part. So I don't want some preaching. Exactly. You want to yeah, be, yeah. and this is the whole point of like, it was never intended. I always say to like the church and like if Jesus came back now there's a time when Jesus was around and he flipped tables there's a story where he started flipping tables in the church temple because he was like this isn't what it's meant to be I think if he came back now he'd be flipping tables yeah. again agreed he, he, he definitely would he's like this isn't what I told you to do yeah so for me my 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 calling on my life is I need to spread this message as much as possible so if I have to equip the church to look at things differently or do things differently. I'm going to do that because I do believe if I'm honest. I do believe that the next generation are going to be the generation that flourish the most. I believe that we're entering a time of loads of people are calling it different, a time of this is going to be the age of consciousness, the age of human flourishing, the age of this is the age it, of fruitfulness. fruitfulness. That's my new one. Yeah. You can have that one. Um, it's coming because I speak to the youth about social media and stuff like that, which I'm passionate about. And a lot of them know it's bad. They know they're messed up. A lot of them are questioning their identity. They are asking big questions. So what I see is that there's a generation that's been born that is so thirsty and so hungry for truth and meaning. Mm. If we believe that that is God, we need to show them exactly what God is, and God is love. If we're coming at them, showing not that, whether that's preaching, because if you're preaching at somebody, they're ba you're basically saying them to them, they're, and not, they're not intentionally doing it, yeah. but it's kind of coming across as like, these are the rules. You, these yeah. are the rules, you're not good enough. Yeah. You've done this to you yourself. Fit in. This is you, what you should be doing. This is what you yeah. should be doing. This is the or, um, what you're doing there isn't good for God. Like this isn't this, and it's like <coughs> I'm not God. My instruction wasn't be God. My instruction was show God. And if God is love, then that means that I am welcoming. I am loving. I am caring. So I, even if you're not into God or not, yeah. And I brought a lot of people. Uh, I've brought a lot of people into a relationship with God, with Jesus, because I showed them a love that they'd never experienced before, and I introduced them into a way and a life that has changed them and transformed them, not by telling them that they're doing it wrong, but by showing them a new way of being. And that's when they go, I can't turn back, because then the relationship hearts, and as soon as God has your heart, you're in trouble because you'll never you'll never see the world again the same way. So I am honest, I am open up, I and I am open up, open about it. Yeah. But I'm. I just I wondered, always wondered about that. I'm sitting down now it. and yeah, I'm yeah. going right. We're going to do this in a way that's going to yeah. change the world. We're not going to do this I in a way that's going to inflict that, inflict more pain. Yeah, I really like that. I think. Um, 
I mean, it, like you said, mate, you're, that's your being your calling. It's like I didn't know the middle bit, and it's you know this is what you should be doing. Is like I've always said this to you about education and going into kids and speaking to kids and stuff like that. I think there's going to be a time where you'll be going into businesses and doing, but I I feel that it's not your time right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. A, a young lad at 24 going in businesses. I think we've got to be realistic. People look at you and just go, I'm not going to take you seriously right now. But you and, will do. And, 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 but they will and, do. Luke. And they, yeah, they, they will do. They will do and they might do. And to be honest, it's funny because we've had these yeah. conversations loads of times and is that I'm actually kind of realising I had a great conversation with a friend of mine yesterday about this and we were talking about how we're going to spread this message of love and fruit, fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. I like the way you put it. And he said, Luke, I don't think you're seeing what I'm seeing in you. And I said, go on. He said, so recently I founded a non-for-profit, which is going to be my vehicle for this. And it's called Made to Thrive. Cool. Because that's what I believe that we're made to do. And I was speaking to him and going, how are we going to do this? And he goes, I'll tell you one thing, Luke. He said, if anyone else had pitched me this, I wouldn't have done it because he's a director in it. He said, but I believe in your passion. And I, I believe in you. I believe in you. He said, if you can get a generation to believe in what you're saying, not because you're preaching to them, but because they see, they see you as a person, they see how loving you are, how caring you are. Like, well, Luke, you go out, you buy homeless people subways and you give homeless people 100 quid and you, you do all these different things. It's like, that isn't normal. You don't see life normally. Mm. But the next generation, they're like, leaning in like no tomorrow. And I get messages all the time, reaching out, Luke, can you help me with this? And, this? and I'll give them answers based on my perspective of things. Like, oh my God. That's all it is, mate. You're giving people, a, it's what Case Jump is all about. Turn it upside down and just say, don't look Dif- at it like that. Yeah, look at different, it like this. Different perspective. Yeah, yeah, that. And if you can change your thoughts and look at it from a different perspective, that's what I'm all about. Yeah. You know, that's what branding's all about. Exactly. That's and imagine if we take the next generation and put this perspective on their life, yeah. they will be the ones that transform businesses, not me. A million percent, man. And and that's, I that's that's and that's purpose. and that's my purpose and that's my calling is yeah. that if I can inspire a generation, mm. that's number one goal is in life isn't to do life for themselves, mm. but do life the way it was intended to be to be fruitful to be loving. All the other things fall into place. There's yeah. a very famous scripture that says, "Seek first the kingdom of God." In other words the different world of God, different perspective of God, and all of the things will be given to you. As soon as I started to go, do you know what? My number one goal in life is to follow this calling, mm-hmm. to be fruitful, to multiply. My rent got paid. I got blessed by money. People call it the law of attraction, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just started coming. Yeah. I didn't work for it. Yeah. Just started coming yeah. because I believe that that's actually mm. what it's meant to be. But this next generation, mate, are going to change the world. I, I really do. I think they're going to change the world. But to do that, mate, they need educating. They need educating and, and they need in. role models. Yeah. So for me, it's if I can equip the next generation through mm. getting other people like me who are like young millennials who are who have this on the heart, if I can get them into young people as well as me, we can change 
a nation. We can change the world. I really do. I yeah. totally and I think agree, you, mate. You know, I'm right on there with you. Just, yeah. um, I just, I, I think, I, it, I know we've talked about it before, and it, it's, I think I've got that, a very similarity with you is like when I was your age, nobody took me seriously, mm. right? Mm. And then it, it's an awful thing, but I am no different now than, I, and I've told you this before, yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was 24, yeah. I've just grown a beard, I'm older, right? Yeah. And I'm t- telling people the same thing, but now they take me seriously. Yeah. And I don't want you to be impatient. Yeah. You know, big going in businesses, mate, is probably where the money is for you yeah, and yeah. doing that. But honestly, I, I yeah. trust me, mate, be patient and yeah. people will call for you. Yeah. They need you in the yeah. companies. And and I can see and I can see <laughs> and I can see that happening. I, I've been invited into a few companies and a lot happens in the education sector for me in front of teachers, yeah. like working a lot with the teachers more than the kids yeah. at the moment, which is important. Um, it's hard for people to get their head around a 24 year old lad who talks and thinks like this they can't get their head around it yeah you walk a, through the door and you're just like yeah. you're already on back foot You've, you know what I mean but I and then I look at and I join the dots up and it's like where you said be patient and I can start to see it's like that I think it's Steve Jobs that said it it's like you can't connect the dots going forward you can only see them backwards or whatever but I look back now and I look at when I went, met wise up I remember Wise Up being in the room, in the room, and we were doing a pitch basically. And I had this sense, and God was telling—I could say that now. Like God was saying, "Whoever comes in the room, you need to see these people." It's all right, okay. So I stayed in the room, and everyone else had done this pitch and left the room. Like, what was the pitch? So the pitch was basically it was a board of people in education, and yeah. you're telling them about your services. Right. So I came in, did my presentation, and then Lisa, who was running it, going, "All right, Luke, do you want to go?" And I was like, "No, I'm just going. Can I just stay and watch whoever comes?" She was like, uh, "Yeah, if you want, do you want coffee?" I'm like, "Yeah." So I stayed. So I'm sat there. <laughs> I probably wearing the same outfit. I sat there and I'm watching Wise Up Boys come in, looking very different than they are now, yeah. in the little ties and, and suits, suits and little name badges and cue cards and so I'm sat there and I'm thinking addiction awareness and I was thinking like all like the general stuff that happened I'm sat there I'm looking at him and and like all God's saying to me is it's the story that will it's the story listen to the story yeah so I'm sat there and I'm like okay so they tell the story and Mark's telling them about like this story with the hammer and Liam's talking about all the drugs and everything that's happened and I'm just so moved and I'm like, oh my gosh, like these are real deal, these two. These are real deals. And then Liam turns around he won't mind me saying that. Liam turns around and goes, We're not like any other company. Um, we're very different. And I don't think he really understood how they were different. Yeah. Because the services that they were offered were no different. So at the end, Liam goes, um, has anyone got any questions? Like to the board of people, and they were like, oh, prices, stuff like that. And I put my hand up and go, well, isn't it a question? It's more of a statement. So they thought I was like part of this panel. I went, can I just say, the thing that makes you different is your story, and it's the story that's going to change the world. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> Liam stood there, you know what? Like, yeah. Liam's like, I was like, I can imagine him watching this. He stood there probably going, this is the weirdest thing, because how do you answer that? Cheers. And I was like, can I speak to you afterwards? They were like, yeah, 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 no worries. So we go outside. I sit them down. And I just tell them the story. And I'm like, this is going to sound really weird. But I said, 
a man of faith in there, but Liam's a man of faith and Mark has a background in it yeah. as well. So they were both like linked in with me and I'm like, guys, God's calling you to share the story. It's mm. the story. It's not the the business will be the vehicle. It's this like just it's the story. It's the story. So I remember when we met up like a week later and I spent four hours with them. It was like a bit of like a business consultancy. Mm. I got a piece of paper out and I said, right, how are we going to get this story to the world? And I said, have you ever heard of social media? And I literally just drew this and I said, how about we look at personal brands and stuff like that? And I was like, how about it? And Liam was like, oh, I've never looked at it that way because Liam had a set way of doing business. I was like, just have a think about it. Mark loved it because he was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, great idea. And then they rang me up and was like, oh, we went and met this guy called Tim Marner the other week. I was like, all right. And he went, know what you were saying about branding and like stuff like that he said exactly the same thing he said he said it a bit more bluntly yeah a few more swear words and i said but he said the same thing he said so he's doing us a website and stuff like that i was like all right cool i said can you get me to meet him because i was like if he can see what i can see there's got to be something in this i was like this isn't a marketing guy this is someone that understands the story so and that's when and then i met you afterwards and then ever since but then ever since then if we're on well, about, i did the same thing i checked you out first it did you yeah yeah because i get a lot of messages made yeah, and yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not here to help people promote bullshit yeah yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah. when i realized that you were legit and stuff and then i was just like right cool let's listen to this little boy um <laughs> And then I look now at like what's happened with like the Tim Marner massive crew that everyone's watching. <laughs> but I believe what we've created within mm. Tim Marner is a bit like a mastermind. I feel like everyone who you've worked with has got, I believe, has got a calling on their life, has got this purpose, has got a story, have got something. Oh, a million percent. And you know it. You, you won't work with anyone yeah, who hasn't. No, no, no. So percent. I find it incredible that I would become really close with Kay, wise up, you know, um, is it Razor? Yeah, Razor. Razor, like, you know, Maya, Maya, Ryan. Ryan. And I'm going, and for me, I'm like, God's doing something here that's like, do you know what, all these people, if they really knew the fruitful bit, it would just blow up. And you can see it within, they do it naturally. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're creating an absolute army. Of, and people just, that are doing yeah. business yeah. a different yeah. way. And I'm super excited for like yeah. everyone that's watching and listening. If you're listening to this right now, yeah. I'm telling you right now, if you're involved, if, you, exciting, if you've been yeah. led to yeah. Tim Marner, yeah. there's a re- there is a reason. Yeah, and I, I feel like that. you need to... Well, this is what we're doing, mate. This is the reason I'm doing the podcast. It's the reason, you know, I'm getting you on, the way you're Ryan on, you know. I just just want to tell as many people as possible. Yeah. It's just like, but everybody's got their own gifts, like you said. It's like, I could not go into a school and deliver how you deliver. Yeah, exactly. Because connect with me. Yeah, yeah. I love the fact that you go and do it and I'm part of, I'm your friend and I'm, yeah. I'm part of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really important. Really, yeah. It's fucking really important because yeah. I can see myself in that class every time and you come in and I'm just like, oh my God. You yeah. know what I mean? It, somebody thinks like me and I've yeah. got this fresh, different perspective on life is massive. 
then I'm just at home and I'm on my phone and I'm not getting the love that I need and I'm mm. not like, you know, I'm fitting in but nobody really likes me. It's, it's, it's a big one, massive one for me. And I think it's really exciting and I was speaking to Liam and Wise Up and yeah. I know that we're going to do some work together about how yeah. can we really spread this message within education because yeah. I think Wise Up have this vehicle that's just going to spread oh, like yeah, wow. yeah, I yeah, think they're going to yeah, take yeah. over the PSHE I think the word Wise Up is more yeah. than just addiction it's everything I feel yeah. like we're starting to see that now yeah. so I'm I'm massively massively excited for the future but I do just want to say that I haven't got everything worked out and I never will have everything worked out and my life isn't easy and I still go through times of doubt and yeah. fear yeah. and anxiety do, does flag up yeah but it's nice you've got a lovely it's, bunch of people around you mate, I that can't, you can kind of to lean on yeah to, to just be like, do you know what? Can you listen to me? And then I have my faith to lean back on and go, anxiety, what does it say about anxiety? Cast all your anxieties on me because I care. So for me, it's just like when I'm worried, I start speaking to God. I'm like, I'm just going to give you this because I'm human. I'm human. I'm going to be worried. I'm going to be anxious. I'm going to be down. I'm going to be out. But if I don't put them out, they're going to stay in. And if they stay in, they're going to rot. And if they rot, then... It's not so fruitful, is it? It's not so fruitful, exactly, and it starts to uh, it starts to get a bit bad. So, how can we get you more work, Luke? If there's people out there watching this, teachers, headmasters, um, how how can we get you more schools, education? What would the what Speak would speak to my agent? <laughs> what, what would the what would the dream be? If somebody was watching this right yeah. now, yeah, um, how could we get you more work? Who would that person be? Would it be councils? Would it be education authority? I think the big dream would be how do we change cultures within school first? And who is that person that has that yes or no answer to let's get Luke asking? They will know if they're listening. No, I think you can change the culture of your school if you're a headmaster, a headteacher. We can go bigger than that. But then I also believe that true change happens within community and Mm. if enough people can transform a community then people start waking up and going there's something different here and that's what i did with farmworth matters so all the primary schools in farmworth are now working together and the number one goal is to be fruitful really all all the schools i've seen that actually farmworth matters that's really cool faith schools and non-faith schools because the message is universal and and they're all doing it, all teachers involved, and the whole cultures are getting changed. Because my goal is how do we then impact, from how the kids are then transforming their perspective, is then how do we then get them to be fruitful in the community? And Farmworth are waking up and seeing it and going, oh my gosh, like, it's just this power of love that's around, that's happening right now, why is that? And people are going like, oh, this guy called Luke Askew just came in with this idea about spreading love. That's how it starts. So I think for me, it's like if you're watching and and you're part of a school, whether it's primary school, high school, think bigger than your school and think about everyone else that you know within your cluster, within your community and go pull every string that you can to just have a word and go, do you know what? How can we empower the next generation the best for the purpose of, of, of the future? And then I've just got a massive heart for for people individually. Something that I really want to focus on, Tim, is is mentorship. 
It's hard because I'm 24. It's what I'm saying to you. Yeah. Patient, mate. You, and it's, pa- and it's patient, like Everything you said, you keep putting out this message, mate, and I yeah. promise you people yeah, will yeah, come. Yeah. But do, yeah. do not tell people anything. Just keep putting out the message and they will come. Mm. I promise you. And they'll do, and they'll do that massively. It's funny though because I, you, you, I spend you, so much. You're destined to do that. Mate. Oh yeah, you I spend so, I spend do, so much yeah, time yeah. But with just, older you, people. You're just doing your, your training and your craft at the minute. Yeah, yeah, the mentorship and stuff, and it, it will come yeah. back, man. I yeah. promise you. I yeah. promise you. But big thing is, yeah, just if we can influence change within the education sector, then we'll do it. And also, if you listen to this and you're a rich millionaire that wants to help this cause invest in the mind gym which is a whole different conversation invest in made to thrive yeah just to help resource this message as much as possible so thanks for coming on mate you're welcome mate you're definitely coming back on again am i yeah because we got a firm like so we're going to talk about other things we'll definitely talk about the mind gym because that's really you know yeah that's exciting um and then you know just come on in a bit and just tell me where you're up to your journey and stuff it's really important that we keep spreading this message yeah we man. can only do it with media because i it was actually liam that said it to me the other day that we're not doing enough who aren't doing enough? all of us we're yeah. not doing enough yeah, yeah. we need to do more and we just need yeah. to do more we all need to support each other and we just got to do more and more until you know the, these people kind of listen and kind of go okay i'm not going to think like this anymore i'm going to think like this Man, a massive, isn't it? It's cool to think like that. Thanks, mate. You're welcome. Goodbye, everybody. See you later. Bye.